Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, hey, y'all, where where are we discussing the Big Ten West tonight from, respectively? Because uh, I, I got some special news for you. What better place to discuss the Big Ten West on the Shutdown Fullcast? America's most college football podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Who, who, who's going to take that away from us? I mean, in in terms of number of minutes spent discussing college football, we probably fall behind. Like, there's probably NFL podcasts that talk more college football than we do. Um, I mean, but I, don't, I, I college I, football is I, defined by college football. We got a tweet. I got a tweet um, that a legal podcast that's about you know the law talked about Bob Stoops getting fired earlier in their episode last week than we did in our Big 12 preview last week. Well, what's the damn hurry? That's what I want to know. That's true. I would also like to say um, I have gotten your emails, those of you who emailed me and insisted that, yes, the Shutdown Fullcast is your sole source for college football news. We are figuring out what on earth to do with you. And I mean that in a loving way, but we will we will have a special segment for y'all. Um, before the season gets here and yeah, well, God, I like, have questions. I have so many questions. Like, I feel bad that there's a segment of like 12 people out there that we could just lie to and just be like, yep, Virginia Tech won the national title. Tell your friends. Well, some things are a little too far fetched <laughs> to believe. Let's, let's yeah. not, let's not push it. Let's uh, not abuse our power. But Sp- Spencer asked where we are. I'm in Brooklyn. Jason, I assume you are in Kennesaw. I am in a very slightly different part of Kennesaw. I'm at a Windows PC. Um, and the thing is chugging and straining to keep up with the technology we're wielding here. Um, and if you hear if you hear Clippy pop up and say, it sounds like you're about to predict Minnesota's going to win nine games... I will listen to Clippy and think better of it. It sounds like you're wasting your time on a bad podcast. Would you like me to disconnect? Clippy, <laughs> not now, not now, Clippy. Just miss Clippy forever. <laughs> Clippy does not understand the media pattern consumption I- economy of 2017. No, Sp- no. Sp- Spencer, where are you though? You, I mean, God, what, what, a, what a subtle buildup this has been. What better place to be to discuss the Big Ten West? Then Gainesville, Florida, baby. Well, they own Iowa, don't they? What's the name of the building you're in? Uh, I'm in a country inn and suites. Country inn and suites. And what are you next to? Next to a Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel. See? Getting more Big Ten West by the second. Extremely rural. Were were the Big Ten West, by the way, like, were they the leaders or legends? If you remember, this was the misbegotten, confusing... So uh, I, I can't, to brand I divisions. Can't it was like the ACC. It was non-geographic. Right, right. It, and um, I'm wow. I'm looking. Ryan, are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking. No, the, the, okay, so the, le- the legends basically. This was the. Okay, let's just get so, this off to the start. The, to- the, uh, so this is the thing. It's totally different. So of the teams that are in the Big Ten West, <laughs> uh, um, hold on, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Northwestern were legends legends illinois and purdue and wisconsin were leaders god this was such a bad idea this was the most like vainglorious like fantastical 
bloated like if this is like Jim Delaney, who of course like I don't know received an eighty million dollar bonus this year as an amateur athletics employee, right? That number may not be accurate. I like that we just said people will believe anything we say, and then we added sixty million dollars <laughs> to Jim Delaney's take home pay. <laughs> it was two thousand seventeen, man. You just gotta let these tweets fly. You just gotta say, you just gotta put the truth. I think out there. we should call the divisions Aristotle and Plato. <laughs> Like literally trying to do that, like two embossed things remembered, bra- like brass tags that you would hang on an office door. That's what that's what the Big Ten did, right? They, they turned the entire division into two divisions, which were basically shitty office titles, right? Yeah, it might, one of these divisions might have well been still puts his SAT score on his resume at age thirty-four. I think yep. that's, le- that's legends. That sounds like legendary behavior. <laughs> that's, that's definitely legends. And the leaders were the ones who had the 3.4 GPA, but damn it, they'll show up to but a meeting. But my dad is a lawyer! Yeah, and I can I can wear a suit. And considering that it was Ohio State and a bunch of teams at the time, well, in Wisconsin, and then the rest were just trash at the time. Yeah, that makes <clears> total sense. They were legends. Legends. <laughs> I'm sorry, though. These were the leaders, which means they just showed up. That's they it. Were, what do you do? Got a good attitude, and I show up. They got there first. They punted first. Yeah, they they punted first. Thank goodness we're now geographically aligned to discuss these things because man, it's it's a lot easier, like a lot, lot easier to figure it is, out. The it Big is, Ten. and it's not because it does. It's that thing where if you grow up in, you know how when you grow up in one part of the country, you have a very solid sense of that like corner of the country's geography but everything else you're like i don't know kansas and iowa and missouri like i know they're all in the same general area but you know i'm just gonna other than mimal i'm just guessing i don't i don't think (laughs) it's possible to know whether indiana or illinois is the west one without thinking about it for at least like five seconds well it's nice because if you put them together it looks like a clogged heart Mm mm-hmm that part's important, yeah. Um, God, I don't... Oof. I would start with this. If we're to look at the Big Ten West, who will remind you at the top of the podcast, Big Ten West, we're talking about... Uh, we're talking about Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Northwestern Illinois, and Purdue. You can, Easily, you can remember it because it almost spells winning, but then Northwestern and Purdue fuck it up. Or no, it's, I'm sorry. Minnesota and Purdue fuck it up. Win manip. Win manip. Winpinin. Wim. Winpim. Winpim. Wim nimp. Win wimp. Yeah, that's the, the notorious, famous. Oh, you can spell wimp in, as in like a hotel for <laughs> soft people. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. the, the wimp in. Come on down and stay at the Wimp Inn. It's the toughest conference in college football. Toughest division in college football. I guess the Which... winner of this division is going to Wimp into the Outback Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the Wimp Inn. That's good. Well, you can remember it by the by the uh, the handy mnemonic, which is we nap powerfully in the natty igloos. There you go. Perfect. Thanks. Mini icy igloos. You have to throw an extra I in there. Because remember, that's how you know this division just has some chaps. There's two teams that start with I. 
Um, let's just start with Wisconsin. Why not? So sure. I was looking it up, and it seems the first two people to discover Wimp in were both posters at Husker Max. No one else has ever typed this online. So we'll claim it. We'll claim it. Oh, God, we're Nebraska fans now. Fuck. It's over. Oh, no. Oh, I'm going to have unnecessarily high expectations that don't understand how the sports changed the last 20 years. Fuck. Why don't we just hire Mike Riley? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Also, bring your champions. There are meat tweeted wimp in so we are nebraska slash northwestern fans oh god it got worse we just love all in <laughs> you now we got to tell everybody where we went to school Ugh. we are oh man we are classy and smart just start with wisconsin please well what? uh <laughs> well downhill after that so Listen, Wisconsin, oh. Wisconsin, Wisconsin had a kick-ass year last year, and we barely noticed it. Yeah. They beat everybody that they were supposed to beat. They beat a handful of teams that they weren't supposed to beat. They definitely contributed to Les Miles leaving in the middle of the year. Uh, yeah, because you know what? Uh, LSU fans get drunk, but they don't get that drunk because they remembered it. They went all the way up to Green Bay, watched it happen, came back, and they told friends. I mean, I'm looking back over the year, and yeah, some of why, some of why we are not we're not as high on Wisconsin as we thought we might be. Um, yeah, you beat Georgia State by six, and yeah, you lost to Michigan and only scored seven points. Although Michigan had a, an excellent defense, especially that early in the year. But I mean, they played Ohio State close. Their only other loss was in the Big Ten Championship game, which was a great game. That game came down to the wire as well. I just... Why are we not excited about Wisconsin? Are we assholes? I know we're assholes, but there has well, to be that, another... Well, that part goes without saying. Yeah. Now, well, the, the problem with Wisconsin is that at times the offense has not been what you might expect it to be. Right, which... Right? It's really hard to remember sometimes that Paul Chris was, is, is, comes from an offensive background. Because you look and you say, hey, he's done pretty well at Wisconsin. Then you're like, ha, who? What is your skill again, sir? Your specialty? Hmm, yeah, they've, they've, won some, they've, they've won some bare knuckle kind of games. It's, and like not ha- like- it, it's like having a doctor who you're like, he makes great barbecue. You're like, but as a physician, oh, he, yeah, he's pretty bad. He's not, not great. That- but again, the brisket. Yeah, I don't see the problem. So where would you say Wisconsin ranked in rushing yards per carry last year? This is like the single thing Wisconsin should always be good at. 60th. Right, right. I'm going to guess yeah. 60th. I'm going to put them at 77th. Uh, y'all, y'all bracketed it. It's 71st, which is way too low for Wisconsin. Yeah, that's pretty, like, that's pretty, that's pretty shameful. So yeah, to me, if if you look up and you see Wisconsin, they're not even able to run the ball. You're going to write them off, even if the defense makes it a top ten quality team. Um, can can I give you two words? Can I give you a name? The it, like it maybe my favorite pair of of targets though, because yeah, they had to rely more on a quarterback. Yeah, they they had to rely on a redshirt freshman, uh, Alex Hornibrook. Fantastic name. Uh, Typical first-year starter in that he was daring, and sometimes daring means watching the ball go the other way. Well, uh, his top 
two top two receivers. They're back, and their names are tight end Troy Fumagalli, mm-hmm. Fumagalli, and uh, wide receiver Jazz Peavy. Jazz. So Troy and Chaz are the leading receivers. Troy and Jazz, baby. Good. These are like characters you don't pick in a fighting game. <laughs> yeah, take Jazz. <laughs> He trained. He trained with Ornette Coleman on the mean streets of Los Angeles. He'll put you through. He'll put you through your atonal scales, boy. I don't know. It sounds like he has weak kicks. I'm not interested. I think yeah. Troy is definitely the guy who fights with his skateboard, and it's like, why <laughs> are they allowed to bring a skateboard into this fighting tournament? Also, this skateboard is so durable. So durable. What was the video yeah. game where you could fight? Where you could fight with rollerblades on? Like that that's the most. Like- yeah, Streets of Rage, yeah, that's the most 1990s fighting game ever. Is Yeah, let him kick with his rollerblades on. God, that's, Troy, that's big tennis hell. <laughs> that is big, that is big tennis uh, hell. Like, it's slightly more Pac-12, though, because the person would still be rollerblading in the Pac-12. would be like, what? It's cool. Well, yeah, and I don't know if the Big Ten West has streets. It's more like, like you know, like interstate highways of melancholy. Pikes. They got pikes. Yeah, now, yeah exactly. Uh, Troy Fumagalli also, uh, as a result of a uh, a a, just after his birth, they had to uh, take part of a finger off. So he only has four fingers. And Mm. to me, uh, a guy from Wisconsin with only four fingers being a pass catcher. That's perfect, man. It's perfect. It's like that guy who's running against Paul Ryan. I don't know if you've seen that. The ad for him. It's the most Big Ten political ad I've ever seen. He's like, yeah, I worked at an iron factory for like 30 years. I'm tough. I think I need to go to D.C. Paul Ryan needs to come back and work in this iron factory. Watch me smoke. Paul Ryan would not last long. Smelting. <laughs> no, no, no. He's He doesn't have enough mass. It's very lean. But that's that's exactly like Troy Fumagalli, tight end, only has four fingers. Check. Most Wisconsin player on this roster by far. Um, looking at Wisconsin's schedule this season, it's not bad. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's pretty. I mean, non conference they get Utah State, um, which oh that, oh you know no look at I'm uh, I'm gonna skip week two dog FAU week two they host FAU that's right <laughs> yeah. and then and then they go to BYU which uh, yeah don't we, ooh, other than other than that other, we frequently like, that's I, a bad I am idea, I am but. confused have y'all seen where this Utah State game is being played no Arlington Texas uh, noted. What? Noted Aggie stronghold, so, Utah State Aggie. Yeah, um, but after that, you know, you've got all your you've got all your division games, and then uh, cross division, you're hosting Maryland and Michigan at home, and you're going to Indiana. That all seems like pretty. I mean, it's it feels like this. If if Wisconsin is in a position to be a team on the fringes of the playoff, this schedule is certainly not going to be the reason they don't do it. Right. So, you know how for years, the thing with Wisconsin was like, how the shit did they keep getting these easy ass schedules? Yes. And like last year it was, Oh, time to pay the fiddler. And I mean, now they're right back at it. Like from the East, you get Michigan at home in it's last rebuilding year for, you know, a long time. And you get Indiana and Maryland. I mean, we're basically assuming, like, the big questions are, does Justin Wilcox leaving a defensive coordinator mean any sort of great transition? No, they promoted internally Jim Leonard's got the job. 
Um, they have to replace a couple of linebackers, including a Watt. You never just replace a Watt unless there's probably like a spare Watt lying around, right? Right, right. Like with Glorp, the initials. Glorp Watt. No, no, no. He would be GJ, right? Like sorry, Glorp, sorry. Glorp, Jesus. Jose Watt. Glorp Jesus Watt. Well, Glorp they go Jesus alphabetically. Watt. They went from JJ and they skipped. There were a few duds, and then they had a TJ. I think right. we might be on the XJ. XJ yeah, Watt. Yeah, XJ Watt. Right. Not short for Xavier. It's short for like. It's it's for, short for extreme effort. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I think it means Jack. You know how yeah. you can you can say an X a certain way. Yeah. It's Chris. Jack. It's Chris. That's what it stands for. <laughs> yeah, you know. My, my my nickname in the frat house though is Zans, man. If you know what I mean, hit me up. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. Give me give me your Wisconsin predictions, and then I'll give them a task to accomplish. Oh man, I think this is a ten and two team. Uh, just based on I me, mean, look who they pulled from the other division, man. Yeah, like like they they. Oh yeah, let's go cross division. See how how hard that can get. Well, okay, you pulled Michigan, but then you pulled the uh, what watch Indiana. Him, watch, watch him fuck around and lose to Maryland. And Maryland, Maryland's gonna be better, man. Watch him fuck like, around and lose to Maryland. If that, if that's a nooner, anything can happen at a nooner. Okay, gross. I'll buy that part. All right, I'll, I'll, but I'll Spence, I'll say ten, ten, ten and two, man. Ten and two. I'll go ten and two. Um, I think last year I like this stat. You look at Bill C's percentile performance, which shows like on a scale of 1 to 100, how well you played that day, regardless of opponent. Their worst game of the season was a seven-point loss at Michigan, according to that. And, like, yeah, the Georgia State thing happened, but the numbers in that one were just, they were, they were just too weird, man. Don't even – just throw them out. They, they, that didn't even happen. Um, yeah, I, I think you uh, you look at what returns and what they have to play, and sure, 10-2. and two. Um, My task for Wisconsin this year – do you guys know what the Freedom Trophy looks like, the trophy that – is awarded to the winner of the Wisconsin Nebraska game. If is you don't, that, it looks like the their stadiums. Yeah, it's like half half Camp Randall, half Memorial Stadium, and has like a metal bronze American flag coming out in the middle. And it's supposed to, you know, both of those stadiums have are associated with veterans, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I'm not trying to take away from that, but when you have a drinking place like Wisconsin and a team literally named after corn, the fact that your trophy is not unscrewable and filled with corn whiskey is a major oversight. So, Wisconsin, your task this season is to beat Nebraska and convert this trophy tastefully in an American way into a liquor receptacle. I actually think that's been the thing all along with big 10 trophies they've been used to smuggle hooch and other <laughs> contraband right like we've got the jug now let me see that open it up and it's just filled with like counterfeit bills and hooch that's why the keg of nails never took hold we're like oh god there's there's nails in this gin it hurts i'm gonna drink <laughs> it but it hurts <laughs> meanwhile everyone in kentucky's like this is delicious <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's definitely more of a louisville thing than what than ohio actually i don't know man if you eat yeah. some of that chili shit, you, you're going to need some nails. Um, Spencer, pick a next team, please. Uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rolling down. Let's go to Nebra- Nebraska. Nebraska. T- tune in at the end, folks, when we talk Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are we going to talk Illinois? Do you really want to talk Illinois? Illinois we talks to, to say, you. I think we have to say at least um, someone has to say the team name. Then Ryan has to pass to us. 
And we have to say the numbers of wins. So that's four words and then, I have and then to say whatever Ryan stupid. says. Yeah, right. And I, I can keep it to six. Okay. <laughs> ten word ten word preview. Boom. Um Nebraska. Boy, it, Nebraska, what a what a good pendulum swinging the other way season for a team that frequently did not look a lot better than they did the year before. They just fucked up slightly less. They just didn't do things that made them eat shit on the end of the gymnastics routine. They just stumbled early, recovered, and were like, oh, okay, cool, I guess, yep, there you go, good job. So they had a deceptively bad record, and then last year they had a deceptively good record. They went 9-4. and four. They pulled a Polini. There was a mm. Bo, Polini, Bo Polini tribute. Are, um, we, are, we, are, you, are we swinging to just right, or are we just going back over to deceptively bad again? I mean, I don't know. I mean, how much longer can can this charade keep continue? How much so, longer can they keep lying to the rest of America? So here's the here's the fun part is that Nebraska, both under Bo Pelini and Mike Riley, they're really good at starting strong and like losing three games in the last five. Look at the last five games of this Nebraska schedule and tell me what those three losses are and tell me how bad that will suck for Nebraska fans. Because you're looking oh. at Purdue, host Northwestern, at Minnesota, at Penn State, Iowa, at home. Well, Penn State, Penn State, Iowa. Ching, ching, okay, there. all right, sure. That I there. losing to Iowa at the end of the season to, for your fourth loss, we have seen, and it is not pleasant. But yeah, I'll give oh, you those two. No, it, no. Last year it was forty to ten, unpleasant. Right. So like, now, you, so now you got to pick the uh, the third loss among them. Is it the Purdue game? It could be. Nebraska has done that not too recently. <laughs> uh, mind you, that's going to be, and we'll get to them. Oh, we will get to them. That's an improved Purdue team. Oh, they will Jesus. be better because God, you they have. <sighs> no, they'll be better. They, they'll be they, different. It, they'll be different. It'll be different. They'll be. Uh, they will actually have some hope, right? No, no. He got fired about four years ago. Uh, that's damn it. I was. <laughs> There's a hope joke like two exits down, man, and you just cut. Yeah, that's fine. But just it's I don't know where I don't know. I know that there have to be four losses, and I know that that's like a tired joke. Oh, if I'm picking if I'm picking one of these. Yeah, it's on the road and it's against a team that just will sort of start to figure things out at the end of the season. Oh, they're going to get flecked. That's at Minnesota. God, I mean, if they lose the last three games of the season, that's. God. Ugh. Yeah, but by the way, buddy, that's that's after you know what they're gonna have some false optimism too because Oregon, Oregon's really not gonna know their head from their ass this year, and that's week two, and that's at Oregon, and like Willie Taggart's just gonna be teaching people how to put their shoes on the right way at that point, and uh, they'll beat Oregon there, and they'll have all kinds of hope, and they'll no, run it up no. against like. Oh, Rutgers they'll open and with Rutgers and Illinois as their as their conference. Oh man, that's going to be great. They're going to be like, "Ooh, Huskers back!" Yeah, this is like you know, early in the season, you get teams and you go, "Oh man, they're five and zero. Yeah, right. wait on that. Right? They'll <laughs> so. play. They'll play like a tough game with Wisconsin. Maybe win, maybe lose. Um, and, but Wisconsin will have a good record at that point, so they'll say, "Okay, that shows we can hang with them." Ohio State, don't worry about it. So they'll mm-hmm. probably you're probably looking at let's say one loss, maybe two, before you enter this stretch, which should be like, all right, all I have to do is park the car, and I get my license, and oh man, you're gonna go right up on the curb, aren't you, Nebraska? Yeah, this is 
this is when this is when the steering goes out, and you're just gonna have to guess where you end up at the bottom of the hill, Nebraska. This I this hate this rough. station wagon. Yeah, yeah, you got a you got a new quarterback. He's a transfer from Tulane. I think we just said everything you need to know. God, Tanner Lane's really good. Okay, that's cool. I want you to cling to hope. I don't want to take that away from you. Did you lose your uh, leading rusher? Yeah. Were you that good at rushing last year? No, nah, man, you were like ninth in the Big Ten. Okay. This is, this is all coming together, isn't it? It's not going to be pretty, I don't think. That's before we even get to the issue of the defense. Uh, this this is going to be a rough ride. I think this is like a this is like a when you go into that uh, that Iowa game, it's a matter of getting. You might be bowl eligible at that point. Might be six wins, but uh, it feels like a seven and five team. I'll I'll go six and six here. Um, you have the hardest schedule in the division because you play Ohio State and you have to go to Penn State. You also play Oregon at Oregon, uh, an improved Oregon. Um, you lost your skill core. I think yeah. is the most delicate way to put it <laughs> and five of your top six tackles for loss guys um um okay i'm down to six and six i mean well here's the other thing and we'll when we talk to the podcast ain't played nobody fellas we'll ask them but could they lose that arkansas state game to open the season yeah come on a, a, a hair on the, a perpetually hair on fire arkansas state red wolves team yeah jeez um, those were, those are grim. Um, by the way, now that you've mentioned it, Arky State's going to be hyped for that game. Oh so, my God. So, so, um, my, are you, are you guys familiar with the balloon tradition at Nebraska? This wasn't really something I knew about. Yeah. Uh, but just, just like the, the, just like the movie, it's, it's old guys and balloons. Right. Um Lots yeah, of I guess every every time Nebraska scores first or in every time Nebraska scores its first I don't know if it's touchdown or points or whatever, the fans all release these red balloons up into the air. But my thing is you already have like an inflatable terror and that's a little red. And I think it would be way better is if after Nebraska scores its first points of the game if if just like a giant little red inflatable comes over the stadium and slowly lifts up and floats off into the heavens into space just because then we'd be able to see like oh man little red touchdown in hawaii they're pissed they're scared of it they hate it i thought this was something people stopped doing in that like 80s and like 90s no, which would right. be that that would be super in like keeping with everything Nebraska, right? Well, we did it in the nineties, but like you would set off massive amounts of balloons. If you look up, by the way, the largest balloon, uh, like event ever, right? The largest balloon drop or whatever. Um, I believe it was Cleveland, and it has my favorite thing, which is this: it's Balloon Fest '86. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's Balloon Fest 86 Cleveland. And I can't, like, here's my favorite thing about it. Oh, God. I'll just tell you, you, when you when you Google Balloon Fest 86, it autofills deaths. So Let me, let me wow. tell you, here's this time. Around 1.50 Eastern Daylight Time. 
date, September 27, 1986. It's in Cleveland, uh, organized by the United Way of Cleveland. Outcome, world record for simultaneous release of balloons. Next line, two dead. Jesus. <laughs> did you did, do you see how they died? Yeah, oh, oh, it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. Um, the balloons... When they came down, they collided with a front of cool air and rain and dropped toward the ground immediately, clogging the land and waterways of Northeast Ohio. They were reported washed ashore on the Canadian side of Lake Erie. You're welcome, Canada. Two fishermen had gone out and were reported missing by their families on the day of the event. They had difficulty reaching the area because of, quote, an asteroid field, unquote, of balloons. The wife of one of the fishermen sued the United Way and the company that organized the release for $3.2 million and later settled. Also, uh, it spooked a bunch of horses that got hurt. This is the most, <laughs> this is the most Cleveland event ever. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, one more. Traffic accidents were reported as drivers swerved to avoid slow-motion blizzards of multicolored orbs or took their eyes off the road to gawk at the spectacle. Also, also, <laughs> also, the lawsuits and the cost overruns made the this charity event a net loss. <laughs> Two deaths! Jesus Cleveland. Christ! Oh, I can't all right, think. I'll, res- of- I'll, I'll revise mine. Nebraska, just don't can't kill anybody with balloons. That's all I asked. There, get to six wins Fuck. and don't kill anybody with balloons. Damn it. <laughs> um, by the way, like r- random random deaths and, and strange coincidences. Uh, man, we could pick almost anyone else in the division to talk about. But that segue, let's go to Iowa. Okay. Yeah. All right. Iowa. Iowa. Now the dean, I believe, the standing dean of all coaches. That's the correct. most the, the most tenured. That's right, Kirk Ferentz, the immortal. I want to. Okay, go ahead. No, please continue. <laughs> no, I mean, I, uh, this is uh, remember that Kirk Ferentz. Uh, yeah, he's an nepotist. Brian Ferentz is on the staff. Brian Ferentz also uh, widely regarded as a pretty good offensive coach. Uh, he's in charge of stuff this year. That's uh, that that's change. Not much ever changes at Iowa, though. They'll probably run outside zone. Um, will they have a good offensive line? Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably have a pretty good offensive line. They usually do. Um, will anything happen behind it? That's always the question. <laughs> what I was always, let's build a fence. We're going to put a hot tub behind that fence? Nope. nope. So, damn good fence. Kirk Ferentz, yeah. Kirk Ferentz um, started at Iowa in December of 1998. Since then, he has outlasted more than half of the Supreme Court justices who were on the court at the time. Five new justices have joined the court. Since Kirk Ferentz is literally outliving the law, we were wow. wrong to mock him. He is a god. He no, answers man. to no man. No way. I mean, and you know what? They're getting a new quarterback because you got to decide that because CJ Beathard moved on. Um, does it matter? No, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do they have an experience running back? Yeah. Yeah. Akram Wadley is back. Uh, I don't really like. Is there any point in ever assuming an Iowa team is going to be different 
at no. all. No, not at this point. It, there was there. It feels like there was a time when you could sort of say like, I don't know, maybe this is ten win Iowa territory, and it's not that long ago that they, you know they did that. But it feels less. I think often than the usual. thing about Iowa football is it's a lot like presidential elections. Once every four years, you're like, oh shit, Iowa is important. You know, like they just have that one year where all the punts really amount to something, and like they just they just. They just bore their way to a really good bowl game. I don't think this is the year, though. I mean, the schedule... No. I mean, I don't see any reason for the team to greatly improve or fall off. Yeah, um, they gotta the play... Schedule, you see four really likely wins and then a bunch of toss-ups. They got cross-division games with Ohio State and Penn State at home and on the road in East Lansing against Michigan State. I mean, that's not great. That's not easy. Your non-conference games are pretty weak. Wyoming, Iowa State, North Texas, but buddy, that's El Asico. Yeah, I mean, the, although, like, I think that's a their first. You know, we, we're big on like, oh man, what's the first like month of their season look like? I, the first month of their season sucks. It's it's it's, it's that sucks. Like like it's like, it, like an old, it's like an oatmeal eating contest. Where you're like, yeah, I guess you <laughs> could win, but are there winners? <laughs> I mean, off the bat. I mean, look at week one. <laughs> week, week one, they got, week one they got they got Josh Allen, right? Yeah. Which we'll hear about. You know why? Oh man, NFL scouts are talking about him. I mean, Josh Allen's pretty good, right? That could get ugly. Iowa's blown games to lesser opponents than Iowa early, like pretty good Iowa teams that end up finishing pretty strong. And then El Asco happens. I'm sorry. I mean the Iowa Iowa State, a vaunted rivalry, that deserves, extreme, that deserves our respect and of extreme admiration. quality that deserves yes. our respected admiration at all mm-hmm. points, That's or right. deference please, even. P- please take very seriously the rivalry that Iowa fans um, don't want to acknowledge. Because college football should always be treated sincerely and calmly, but no more so than. During the Iowa Iowa State game, America's most important game that takes place in Week Two, never between ranked teams. I do like the only we may make fun of the rivalry we hate <laughs> aspect of that. <laughs> I, no, I, I respect that. I, I mean, as a Southerner, I respect that. Right? Like, like man, Alabama's just an absolute shithole. Yeah, man, it is. You shut up, Boston. You shut up. What do you know about <laughs> what do you know about the South Connecticut? You don't talk about my cousin that way. <laughs> Um, all right, I'll get my – so this fits with my goal for Iowa this year. I was thinking about why we give Kirk Ferentz all this shit because it's not like – it's not like there aren't other incredibly well financially set up coaches in college football who have maybe done so more than their recent accomplishments would justify. He is not the exception to this rule. He's not I don't think he's a particularly shitty guy, especially within this particular industry. Um, He's not super interesting. But I think what really gets us is that it's hard to think of anything fun or wild or cool that Kirk Ferentz would do with all his money. And I want to change that. I want Kirk Ferentz to pay for something very expensive at Iowa State. It can be a weight room. It can be an athlete dorm. It could be whatever. Iowa State needs the money. Iowa State is not killing it on the revenue front. And I think the best thing you can do if you actually don't care about Iowa State and you're an Iowa fan 
is to support this movement where you are like, hey, here you go. Oh, it helped your recruiting? Great. Everything you've done is because of us. You will never escape our shadow. We made you. That's simple. Just do that. Just throw throw three million their way. What else are you going to do with it? So, you know, I, I could also remind you of something that maybe, I don't know, it could mean greatness for Iowa this year. It might not. But it was 20 years ago to the date. Today, the, the date we're recording this podcast. When? In 1997, Norm MacDonald performed a stand-up act at the University of Iowa. Yes, yes, yes. He did this. And uh, he did this for the athletic department. And you want to know how that went? W- would you like to hear how that went? Probably great. <laughs> it was... Uh, Parents who brought their own children walked out in anger during the final act of the night. McDonald's. Some who were and remain fans of McDonald's recall it giddily. <laughs> um, his reliance on swearing and sexually oriented material drove many from the auditorium. They were teed off. McDonald's act contained references to sex acts, AIDS, and homosexuality. The comic alluded to the stream of people leaving the auditorium but continued his set. What do you want to talk about? Losing your luggage at the airport? He asked as people left. <laughs> Bob Bowlesby, that yep. Bob Bowlesby, said McDonald's act would be considered in very bad taste in nearly every venue in America. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's how that went. And it led to a letter being written uh, by the Assistant Athletic Director for External Affairs uh, on June 23rd, 1997, the day after. It's to inform you that the invitation to you and your guests to participate in the golf tournament has been formally withdrawn. Your performance last night, that's to Norm MacDonald, was inconsistent with the values and morals of the staff of the University of Iowa Men's Athletic Department and the University of Iowa and Iowa City community as a whole. You insulted the intelligence and decency of a great many people with a monologue, which was, at minimum, irresponsible and what i'm telling you dear listener i bet he talked shit about el asico iowa state that's probably what did it yeah (laughs) this 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 comes from a story in the cedar rapids gazette and yeah um yeah it it wasn't it wasn't all the butt stuff it was it was he said something about el asico i like the uh (laughs) this story is about it started with two thousand people and he just whittled the crowd down to like 100 freshmen <laughs> who were losing their minds with laughter <laughs> and like a few of them are interviewed in here and like i was only 20 so i was literally crying from laughing so hard <laughs> the joke that got the biggest worst reaction was about bestiality porn old people and little kids were filing out it's my favorite detail my mom felt so uncomfortable that she walked into the lobby but complained they piped the sound out there too <laughs> I escaped. No, you didn't. (laughs) Everywhere you go for the rest of your life, you heard Norm MacDonald. (laughs) He's just piped in everywhere. Oh, man, I'm so glad this happened in Iowa. (laughs) Um, What is Iowa going to do this year? Six and six. Mm, No, man. No, man. You know what? I'm done doubting Kirk Ferentz's ability to perform the bare minimum and occasionally perk up, recover, and do something outstanding. We are uh, currently two years removed from the 12-2 and two Rose Bowl campaign, right? 2015. 
Oh, he's not under pressure yet. Doesn't have to whip out the good stuff for another couple of years. I'm going to say that this is a seven and five team. It feels like seven and five. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, uh, I will no longer doubt Kirk Ferentz is seven wins, not six. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what would you do if you were the coach at Iowa? How would you manage it optimally? Would you put your good stuff out there and just blow it out every year? No way. That's how you get fired in like five years and burnt out. You got to pace yourself you watch, and yeah, your team. You, Peak you performance every three or four years, maybe with an occasional pip every like eight years. Kirk Ferentz is going to die and they're going to be like, we found 57 wins stuffed in his mattress. He was just God. saving them. God, that's Midwestern thrift. <laughs> so one thing that might talk you down from seven is um, I always got to play a Craig Bull team with an NFL quarterback. That, yep, yep. That and hasn't he, that hasn't gone all that well before. And you know, you know who's oh, shh. well, you know, nope, nope, nope. Not gonna, not gonna doubt old Kirk. I'll, he'll just flip one down the road that we don't expect him to. Seven and five, baby. Hey everybody, this is Ben Epstein from the Limited Upside Podcast. And while you're getting ready for whatever it is you're doing, why don't you listen to our NBA draft preview? We did. We had Ricky O'Donnell come on. He joined Mike Prada and myself, and we got into a, uh, a heated discussion and uh, a lot of good information on what's going on with this NBA draft. What were the Celtics thinking trading that first pick? Why it makes sense for the Sixers to take Markel Fultz with the top pick. We got into some sleepers, and we got into really everything that's going on in Ricky's expert mind. So why don't you join us here on the Limited Upside Podcast. Let's talk about Spencer's favorite Big Ten West team, the Purdue Boilermakers. Woo! Are they going to win more than one game this year? No! Really? Really? (laughs) I don't think so, man. They got to relearn. They get, this is listen. They're going to be real good, okay? Because if you if you're not familiar with it, they they did make a coaching hire. They decided to make a change. That uh, they hired Jeff Brome. And Jeff Brome, very aggressive at Western Kentucky. Maybe like seriously, between the like three of us, in all sincerity, we actually watched Western Kentucky football and thought it was immensely amusing, right? In yes. the positive sense. Yes. Sure. Yeah, they they were a delight offensively. Um, kind of a shambles defensively almost by design because there's no way you could possibly keep up with that offense on defense, right? Um, but they hired Jeff Brome. And Jeff Brome, he's recruited well in the area before. Um, he, he's he's really, like, aggressive and just an insightful offensive mind. They should be fun. Um, it's going to take a year just to learn to do that. Okay, but if they can get – if they can sort of figure it out halfway through the year, in the last half of the schedule, they play – Amongst other teams that they probably won't beat, they play Rutgers, Illinois, and Indiana. None of those teams are like significantly ahead of them on the development curve when you consider all of those teams have had major coaching turnover within the last year or two. They all have sort of questions about quarterback. Like they, they have sort of similar problems as Purdue. And if you think that Purdue has the best coach, out of those four teams, which is not a crazy thing to say, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem impossible that they can you know struggle early but figure things out, and if they can stay healthy while they do that, maybe they can like pick up a little momentum in the back of the year. I mean, Bill C's got him at three and nine, so and Bill C's not a, a romantic man when it comes to picking records. Strong so. disagree. 
Okay, I said when it comes to picking records, not overall. Uh, an additional fun point from his preview of Purdue for the year, that in three years, in three years at Western Kentucky, uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers scored as many points as Purdue scored in six. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's rough. Okay, Man, I mean, Daryl Hazel was there a long time. Damn, I don't think I realized how how much time he got. It felt like one, but like one year. But it was, it was yeah. They, they they there were a lot of Purdue games with him around. That's many. Oh boy. Okay. Um. So this schedule is. This just looks hard. Hold on. What is the schedule that Purdue could have had, considering they have to play the teams in their division and some teams from the other and some non con like there was no schedule you were gonna look at and say, Oh, this looks good. I well, don't know, you they, could they, not they, play Louisville. You could well, not play Louisville and you could not get Michigan from uh the other side of the conference, true. You you, you went and rolled out and just scheduled Missouri. You did. Um But you could lose that. I'll yeah. give you I'll give you Ohio and you get Illinois at home. I'll give you two. Two and ten. Two and ten? I I think they flip one here. And you know which one I'm looking at. Like what we've got. I think they beat Rutgers on the road. Doesn't say much. <laughs> I think they uh I think they beat Illinois. And I if you're looking for number three, I what, take Ohio maybe? Ohio or Indiana. I, Indiana might be in a bad place. Indiana I mean, could, it is I mean, literally in a bad place, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, four four wins would be pretty optimistic here, you know? Uh, uh, I think three and nine's fine. So, smarter people than me have picked three and nine. This looks three and nine. I'll take it. Um, I, this is easy. I just want Purdue to... I feel like Purdue has been the master in years past being like, you know, where you're sort of, you're watching one game and you're not paying total attention to it. And then the score goes by or you see somebody on Twitter be like, Hey, get over to big 10 network, get over to ESPN six. And it's like, Oh shit. Purdue and Ohio state are tied at the end of the third quarter. Like I want, I want as many of those as you can give me Purdue. Like, it's fine if you fade down the stretch, but there is nothing more joyous to me than watching a highly paid, highly respected Big Ten coach struggle with the fact that he can't pull away from Purdue. Like, it never gets old. It never gets tiring. It's 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 wonderful, and I want it to happen as many times. Just looking at the schedule, if that happens with Michigan fucking great if that happens at the start of the year with louisville are you kidding me if bobby petrino starts the year with the high the the reigning heisman winner and needs like 12 unanswered points in the last three minutes of the game to beat purdue fuck yeah i want that yeah i that's just give me Give me some, like, are we saying that you just want three or four switchover games from Purdue where you're yes, like, oh. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Where, where you're just like, oh, damn, that was not supposed to be closed. What the fuck are you doing? How about one? Okay, fine. All right, I'll take, <laughs> no, no, but I'm going to be a little optimistic. I want two of those. Give two? me two of those. Two. All right, that's that's fair. This is good collaborative. Two switchover games 
against opponents you shouldn't be. You haven't like let me make it clear. Purdue Illinois is never going to be a switchover game. I don't care if you're like, yeah, they they invented a a a pure form of energy that will change the economy forever and end global warming. I'll be like, that's great. I'll read about it. I'm not watching it. Oh, there's a new Star Wars trailer on the field. Yeah, yeah, don't <laughs> yes. Care. Don't care. They they have literal lightsabers. They figured it out. They've mastered telekinesis. Yeah, well, man, of course, that it would highlights. be Big Ten universities that would solve that technology. Can I get to, let's just get this out of the way, like per- perennially the Big Ten's most pointless team to me. And I mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most pointless. Jesus Christ. No, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't. We're not even in Rutgers town. <laughs> We're not even no 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 Rutgers. Rutgers a, has a point. Rutgers is is, is funny. <laughs> no, Rutgers Rut- frequently did not have a literally did not have hey, a point. Hey, literally. Hey. Yeah, oh, like Rutgers, Rutgers, God. Rutgers, Rutgers entertainment by playing one of the most lopsided games, one of the greatest beat 'em downs Dude, of all of last year versus Rut- Michigan. Rutgers played like three of the most lopsided games last year. Dude, they went in. They went in like Kenny Rainford, and they took it on the chin, and they just kept going, man. Rutgers, you walked away from the controller, and you didn't come back for a week. <laughs> Give up the sticks? No, no Delay Rutgers game. Delay of game. Delay of game. <laughs> Delay of game. Okay. I mean, Rutgers lost seventy-eight zero to Michigan, and it could have been worse. And the total yardage was six hundred to thirty-nine. Michigan had twenty-three first downs and two first downs. You know what I call that? When you fall in an open sewer and die, that's comedy. I enjoyed that. Let's Reader. About, all right, let's talk about Illinois. Reader, I have I have never enjoyed Illinois football. <laughs> I've I've only enjoyed Illinois football when it stumbled in the bar and was like, my wife just left me and I'm looking to fight. And you know hey, I found just... Rose Bowl tickets under my car. And yeah, and you, you know who walked into the bar at the same time? Like the Assassin's Club. And they had a bad meeting of the Assassin's Club. There were all kinds of bylaws passed that they're not very happy about. That's who, that's who Illinois fought. Well, they <laughs> stumbled in the bar. And so did Ohio State. This was 2007, by the way. And this and this was speaking of Star Wars. This Illinois did some Jar Jar stuff and like <laughs> stumbled over a stool and somehow drop kicked Ohio State in the face. Misa win yeah. the conference. Yeah, and, and and you know what? At least I could get mad at Jar Jar. I can't even get mad at Illinois. I don't know why. I don't know why you exist. I don't know why you do things. Just just pointless. And when you go out, you don't even hire a coach. That I can make fun of because you hire like Lovey Smith, who's just he's fine. He's just a he's an NFL coach. You know what he's gonna do? He's probably gonna go like three and nine again this year. That's well, it. I, I like he, the move when you when you hire like, oh, we've hired an NFL coach, and you're like, oh, okay, is it is it Jimmy Johnson or you know, like somebody that like Pete Carroll, somebody that did something? Nah. No, it's not. It's the guy who somehow got to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman and bored us all to fucking tears. No, and it, and it sucks, too, because, like, Lovey Smith is knowledgeable, and he's, like, not a terrible person, and he took the Illinois job, and I don't, I don't know why, man. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know why anyone ever takes this job. I don't know why they look at it. I don't know why they pick up the phone. They see the Champaign-Urbana area code. Just don't. It's, it's death. 
No one goes. No, no one leaves. No one gets out alive. Last year. Sorry. uh, You were going to say it, were you? Uh, No, I was not going to say that. Whatever you're thinking, I was not thinking. Uh, What were you going to say? I'm just wondering what positive left turn, what escape hatch there is for the Roach Motel that has been Illinois football. Well, you said don't take the call from Illinois, but I, was, I mean, that would require blocking the number and ain't no blocking going on. Man, man. It, can I, like, like this is a team, by the way. Um, man, I, I hope, I hope you, I hope you really enjoy trilogies because they had a lot of three and outs. This is like the most three and out, the three and out in this team. In the conference, the three and out in this team, maybe in the nation. <laughs> just man, they love three and outs. Not on defense. Not not on defense at all, man. They uh they, they didn't let anybody off the field and they didn't keep anyone on the field. Oh my is- god, you're not you're not making this up. Um Illinois was next to last in the country last year in third down conversions. Twenty eight point three nine percent. That's wow. No, they had, and if you watch them, they ended up having to throw the ball a ton because their efficiency sucked and they were behind. And when West and 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 West Lunt was like a fifty percent passer, it was excruciating. They, they were went, just they, they weren't they even went, the fun kind of bad. They went zero for nine on third down against Wisconsin last year. They went one for eleven against Western Michigan. Even like. Even in the wins, like four for thirteen against Rutgers, four for thirteen against Michigan State. These are garbage numbers. Jesus. So, Bill C put together. He combined the best three and out defenses and best uh, three and out offenses, and like put those numbers together. Um, Clemson, Southern Miss, Alabama, Tulsa, Michigan, uh, Oklahoma's in the top ten. And then on the other side, when you take your, uh, you, you combine your three and outs on both sides of the ball, North Texas, Rutgers, and there's Illinois at number three. My yeah, God. man. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, like, projected finish four and eight. I'm always like, this is, this is Illinois. Why, what, what four games are you showing me? Because if I look at this schedule, um, let's give them Ball State. Ball State still is trying to figure out if it can be a good team again. Sure. Um, Western Kentucky, maybe? Mm, at, U- at USF, sure. probably not? No, don't give no. them Western. No, don't give them, don't give them Western Kentucky. I said maybe. I'm at one and a half right now. Oh, I, mean, I, I think they lose that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't think they're beating USF on the road. I don't think they're beating Nebraska or Iowa. Rutgers, sure. <laughs> if you want, remember the the opposite of the Super Bowl, the Repus Bowl, Man. where something's got to give. Someone <laughs> has to win that football game. Man, I, I'm willing this season to just be like, yeah, Rutgers is the 200 points you get for putting your name on the SAT. Everybody gets it. It's fine. Center square. <laughs> Rutgers. Okay, uh, go make bingo. Uh, I'm convinced. I'll take that one for um, me. That's that's two wins right there. Yeah. Uh, between Purdue and Indiana, I think they can maybe get one in like a really stupid, ugly, 
bad weather game. Do you want to know what's? Do you want this? Is I am reaching so. Why am I reaching so hard to find wins for Illinois? I mean, Lovey does that. Everybody likes him. Nobody (laughs) wants to watch his team play, but everyone likes him. Exactly. Like Lovey is Lovey's basically like the guy who, uh, you know, writes plays on the side, and he's like, you really like him because you respect him, and he's like a nice husband to your friend or something. He's a great dad, and he's like, yeah, you gonna come see that my my play that's playing at the local community playhouse? Oh dear, no, no. Lovey, We're not it's doing very like, bad. I, I think we'd all like it if Lovey Smith was our neighbor, but right. we would not like him to be the head coach of a team we have to watch. So, so Spencer, I'm, are you saying two and ten? I'm saying the definition of sorrow itself would be playing Ohio State on November 18th at Ohio State when you might have two wins in the bag and you just like lost to Indiana and Purdue. No, nah, man, they'll be looking ahead to Michigan. You got to get them, Illinois. Get them. <laughs> I mean, here's the sick thing. It's college football. That could happen for two quarters, <laughs> right? It could. We'd be like, God damn, man, Illinois is really doing it. Then that third quarter, the roof would fucking cave in. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to take him. This is, this feels like, man, um, uh, two and 10. It just feels like, watch. This is one of those years where Illinois will just go ten and two out of nowhere, listen, two and ten. Listen, they got they got the Roman numeral for one on each side of the helmet, so they're, that's it. That's all they required. Two, like two and ten, and then they play the Northwestern Illinois game, which is just so so pointless as to reflect the existential dread of the universe itself <laughs> on November twenty fifth. Uh, yeah, I'm taking it to two and ten. That's all we need to talk about Illinois. Um, my, my goal for Illinois this year, you know how colleges lately have been, you know, you know Steve Spurrier has this cushy job at Florida. Phil Fulmer just got a nice little six figure gig at Tennessee. And I don't think these jobs aren't really anything, are they? They're like alumni outreach and you go to some tailgate. You don't, they're, they're do nothing jobs. Is that roughly accurate as far as you, you get, you get checks written is what you do. Right. Fuck it, man. Give the Zucker that job. Oh man, he'd he'd welcome it too. He'd take it. He'd take it in a heartbeat. Give the Zucker this cushy desk job. You 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 dismissed him and rightfully so. But it's not looking so bad now, is it? Ron Zook was always good to you. Got you Aurelius Ben, man. Got you the juice. He got you a bending hall. <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> I like that um, Illinois, like every school likes to do the, you know, Auburn likes to remind you that Cam Newton went there. You know, like every school likes to bring up its pro players and all that. Illinois, they do a lot of branding around Red Grange, (laughs) (laughs) who might have died 100 years ago. I don't know. (laughs) Might still be alive. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But like they wear gray and they're like, these are ghost gray from the ghost Red Grange. Yeah, he went here. You kids, hey kids, haste like like co- like graduate assistant is on Twitter like emoji 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 Red Grange went here emoji come get paid ghost play emoji emoji ghost emoji ghost emoji, <laughs> ghost emoji. <laughs> go play in the league like Red Grange was there a league when Red Grange was around <laughs> I don't know it was like it was like the League of Nations the league was World War One <laughs> come join the League of Nations stud. <laughs> I don't even care what your prediction is now. 
Oh, uh, I think uh, I, I think I scribbled down three and nine, and I can I'm not be bothered to care to tell you what the third one is. By the way, could I did I set my can I set my short goal? My like, hey Illinois, do this one thing for me this year. Leave sure. me alone. Leave me alone. I don't don't, don't have the switch over game. Don't have anything. Don't do anything notable. Don't make me notice you. Just continue to be pointless and to have no meaning, rationale, or defense of your existence whatsoever. Just be a perfectly useless God. thing. You're a slime, so a slime ball driving on the top of a like jelly jar I left in the fridge years ago. Like, just well, what are you gonna do if it Purdue forces you to watch Illinois, your beloved Purdue? No, we already said Purdue in Illinois is not a switchover game. It can't be. Nope, not by definition. Okay. It can be, it can be like y'all accounted for everything. It's this dividing. contract is airtight. That's good <laughs> lawyering, right? It's dividing by zero. Minnesota, Road Gopher. Go. Here we go. Took all this time to get to the one interest, interesting team in the in the division. The one. <laughs> I mean, are, are they that interesting? We're so, other we're than so mean to Wisconsin. Relatively Wisconsin doesn't deserve this. It's fine. I mean, are they now that now that? By the way, we're going to a historic Bob Evans now. <laughs> this should say something for the particular sports constellation they inhabit. If you search Minnesota preview 2017, it does not come up with the Minnesota Vikings. Nope. Comes up with uh, their MLS team. Comes up with <laughs> Minnesota United. Gophers aren't even in there, man. They're like way, way, way down the page. Is this really that interesting a team other than, oh, they hired PJ Fleck because they don't have any talent. They don't have anything. Like, I'll be real Bud Elliott about it. You're like, oh, they, don't have any, they don't have any players. They don't have anybody to put it down the field. Don't have any playmakers. Yeah, well, I don't want to oversell it when I say interesting. I don't mean watch Minnesota games. I just mean their coach is there are memes of him, and that's more than you can say for all of these other teams. Yeah. So, and also they lost NF like prospective NFL legend Mitch Leidner. My favorite running gag from the last two years that NFL scouts were like, yeah, man, Mitch Leidner. It's going to be something. You tune in and watch Mitch Leidner, and you're like, that's a tight end. <laughs> All right. Um, it, who was it that said Mitch Leidner was going to be a first-round pick? It was uh, McShay. Todd, Todd right. McShay. <clears throat> Mitch Leidner threw four touchdowns in the second week of the, last year. Mitch Leidner had a great game. Completed two-thirds of his passes, nearly 10 yards in attempts, almost threw for 300 yards, threw four touchdowns. How many touchdowns do you think he threw for the rest of the season? The two. other 11 games. Two. Five. Four. Mitch Leidner, first-round pick, Mitch Leidner, threw eight touchdowns. And only That's had one, and, points, and, only, and only missed one game. Please don't give him credit for the extra points. That's not fair. Hey, I mean, oh, like they're going to kick extra points without touchdowns? Come on now. That's against the rules. The Big Ten would figure out how. Oh, you can score one point? That sounds intriguing. Um, it's a new quarterback. Uh, they have a pretty good line. They got four returning starters. That's good. They got a couple of running backs. That's, that's nice. Do they have anything else? No, hell no. They're, they don't have much else. Remember, this was, these were those Minnesota teams like, Going all the way back to uh, going, I will miss. By the way, like I know they hired PJ Fleck, but I will miss the previous regime because 
if you did not ever watch them in a time management situation. That, the Michigan game two years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Like, like Jerry Kill could do that. Okay, Jerry Kill, like, they wouldn't really have, like, any receivers under Jerry Kill, right? They never, like, a guy who could catch the ball, right? Mostly they were a gritty, gutty, run-it-out team. And they stayed kind of the same way under Tracy Clays, except Tracy Clays threw in the... I think he thought he was Doctor Strange. Like, I control all time and perception. <laughs> I would love to see Tracy Clay's on Chopped. He'd be like, oh, I only gave you the eggshells. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so I thought I would ferment this. That's going to take six weeks. Uh, threw, the, threw the asparagus in the smoker. <laughs> That's a three-hour operation, Tracy Clays. I, I ordered this on Amazon. I am not a Prime member. It'll get here. <laughs> yeah, man. Tracy Clays would do some absolutely wild shit when it came to, like, two-point conversions and time management where you were like, man, I don't think you were in the Redbird reading group. I don't think you were, I don't think you were really in the math class that I was in, which wasn't even the really good math class. No. Uh, that's replaced. That I'll miss that because I think PJ Fleck gets those right. He'll probably get it right by I don't know. They'll run the ball a lot. Won't really sort of try to do a lot with the quarterback spot or whatever they have in the receiving core. Their defense, woo boy, don't they? They don't have anything in the secondary. You'll be able to pass all over them. Um, yeah, this is this is going to be a rebuilding year. And by the way, this is the same thing that you'll see with Willie Taggart at Oregon. There are guys who come in like Tom Herman. And they just kind of instantly go, like, year one, we're going to make some stuff happen. We're going to make it count. We'll win, like, eight or nine games, right? That's that's not how Willie and that's certainly not how P.J. Fleck does it. This is going to be a, well, we're going to strip this to the studs. Y'all, you're going to have to move into another house. This will be a rough transition year for them because they're going to have to learn to do everything new and uh, do it in a new way. And, whew, that's going to that's gonna take some time, y'all. I don't know. I mean, they get to play a bunch of other teams with no talent, so I don't think it sounds that fucking hard. <laughs> We're getting so harsh at the end of like Jason. It's impossible Christ. to talk about the Big Ten West without sounding like Bud. It Jason, really is. Jason is not. Jason is not wrong that if you look at Minnesota's schedule, it's entirely possible that they get to the road game at Michigan November fourth, and they haven't played a ranked team. They go. They host Buffalo. They go to Oregon State. They play MTSU. Then they have Maryland at Purdue. Michigan State, I mean, I understand last year might have been an aberration. Maybe it wasn't. Then they have Illinois. Those are the first seven games of the year. It's not like to- it's not that much of a stretch to say, like, yeah, maybe Minnesota's seven and oh. Or and then sorry, then they have Iowa. So maybe they're eight and oh going into the Michigan game. Seven and one. Like, this schedule there are no this is minesweeper on easy where you're just like hey i just clicked once and i won uh, i mean i don't know there's this is this is damn tutorial mode <laughs> yeah this, this is schedule this is, tutor- this is tutorial mode but when you have a team that's like rebuilding this hard you get some really volatile weird results like middle tennessee sticks out sure there as a game where mm, i don't know that's or oh, yeah. it, could, it, could, it could it could flip the other way. It could be that MTSU is scrappy. Oregon State looked good at the end of the year. 
Maryland might turn around. Michigan State might, you know, last year might have just been weird bullshit. Iowa might be. Yeah. There's the other version of this where they're fucking two and five before they get to Michigan or what I could but. see. I could see them getting to five and two. And then this is like the worst case scenario for me in terms of psychologically. For If they get to five and two and then they're just stuck on five, right? Like five. Five, just like the losses keep piling up. They're like, we're so close to a bowl. Because that's deja vu for Minnesota, right? Like, come on, six. Let's just get to six. Sounds like rolling dice. <laughs> I know. Come on, six. And they could hit that stretch at the end, like at Iowa, no. <laughs> at Michigan, no. <laughs> Nebraska, sure. At, North- at Northwestern, probably not. Then Wisconsin, no. Like, they could. They could be stuck right there on the edge of bowl eligibility. So I think this is a team where, like, looking at it, your schedule talk has convinced me. I'll say six and six. Watch, watch him, watch him win ten games, and then Tennessee fans are like, "Man, we gotta go get him. We gotta go get PJ Fleck." <laughs> Do you know how mad I would be if Tennessee got PJ Fleck? <laughs> Do you know oh. how delighted I would be if it's like, "Oh yeah, Holly's Holly has a, a like." good personal business relationship with the Tennessee head coach. Oh, man. You know what they got outside Tennessee Stadium? They got a goddamn Navy. (laughs) They got got boats already. There's no way he's walking in the front door. He's rowing up. Coach, I gotta tell you, I'm not... Coach, I didn't pay pay, uh, $320,000 for this boat to row it. I'm gonna be honest with you. He's gonna row row it with the David Crockett coonskin cap on, right? The guy playing (laughs) banjo in the front. And some like and some like turbocharged redneck dude behind him in a huge boat going, What kind of hippie shit is that? We're it playing ain't bottom of the water here. We're playing battle chess in the end zones. Fuck you. <laughs> oh man. Now I want it to happen. <laughs> um <laughs> my only goal for Minnesota this year, so PJ Fleck is obviously built up uh part, part of his reputation. Yes, he's a good recruiter and he's exceeded expectations at Western Michigan before getting this job. Um, but a lot of it is based on just tremendous self-confidence and bravado. There's a reason why we use the row the boat gif probably 30 times a year conservatively. Um, it's Minnesota. And what do you do when you live in Minnesota and you want to show how tough you are, Spencer? What do you do in cold weather? Oh, listen, you, uh, you eat a dilly bar and you take your shirt off, man. You take your shirt off. Minnesota. Play a game shirtless. I don't mean I don't mean that PJ Fleck coaches shirtless. I mean go out there and say we're not wearing jerseys for this one. We'll wear pads because you made us, but we're not cold. Fuck you, Wisconsin. I, yeah. Uh, so hey, how about I, I think yeah, I stand by I stand by an extremely extremely conservative six and six. I um I was looking up their schedule real quick to see which game I would choose to do the shirtless thing. And um, you search Minnesota Gophers football, and I realized that our Minnesota blog, the Daily Gopher, for each commitment story, whenever a recruit commits, the photo is PJ Fleck on a, it might be like a paddle board, and he's holding a paddle, and he's in the middle of a lake, and he is just smiling so hard. Uh, T-shirt and shorts. The man is home. And we'll have a new home in like three or four years. But man, that's this is this is a good visual. <laughs> um, oh, the most uh, northwest. Oh, uh, I'll I'll go seven and five for Minnesota. Sure. 
Northwestern. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Do we? Do we? So do as we... a as a Northwestern alumnus, <laughs> I um I took a look at the I studied up on the numbers, um because I I did research into so I could do journalism on them, and the numbers really like Northwestern this year. Um, Bills do. The Vegas win total is 8.5. Um, and it kind of makes sense. Like, they lost Austin Carr and their best defender, uh, but returned basically everybody else, including a pretty good young quarterback. And the schedule is easy, and it doesn't even have any FCS teams, which they lost to last year. Northwestern lost in, to an FCS team last year. Mm, mm. Did they now? Yeah, Northwestern lost to Illinois State, which is an FCS team. What was that? Like yeah. nine, it was like 9-7 or something? Oh, I mean, it was a Northwestern game. Couldn't have been much more than that. <laughs> God. Busting, busting some spare change out for you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, they, they, they like them, right? The numbers, the numbers like them. But you know what? As a Medill grad myself, mm-hmm. I will say that numbers don't really tell the whole story. Words, words do. So no, I, words. I have, I have two Medill degrees. Wow! So Welcome. I just want to. I'm looking here. You know, we started off earlier talking about Kirk Ferentz being the most tenured coach in the sport at this point. Um, Pat Fitzgerald is second in the Big Ten, not anywhere close to Kirk, but still hanging on for a long damn time. And you look at the other coaches, he, you know, he started in 2006. You look at the other coaches who started around that time in power conferences. You got Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. You got Kyle Whittingham at Utah. They each have won, uh, Whittingham and Gundy, have won about two-thirds of their games. Um, and they've had up years and down years. There have definitely been years where we've looked and said, like, mm, I don't know, it feels like things are not going well for Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. And then they rip off a nine-win season and beat Oklahoma, and everybody's like, okay, I see what they're doing there. Seems like a good hire. Same thing with Utah. We were all, you know, down. It really th- felt like things were turning bad for Kyle Whittingham. And then he, a couple years ago, put in a very nice effort, beat some teams they didn't think they were going to beat. Pat Fitzgerald has coached 50 more games than any other coach in school history. And he's at like 55% win percentage. I don't understand that Northwestern is the one school that we treat like... It's like seeing a a video rental store in 2017 where we're all like, Oh, that's quaint. That's cool. And nobody, nobody cares that it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. He's never, he's never won this division. He's never gotten them to anything that meaningful in his, in his recent tenure as Northwestern coach. Like, at what point do you just say that you're, you don't care and you're just going to let him coach as long as he fucking wants? Because it kind of feels that way. My goal for you, Northwestern, if he doesn't win the division, fucking can him. <laughs> it's, you know what? It's it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Takey as fuck, but it's boring that Pat Fitzgerald just gets to be Northwestern coach for as long as he wants because he's a nice man who loves Northwestern. No, what the no, fuck? Not, we're, we're, this is not, a real not, sport. Not even nice. Not not a particularly nice dude. Northwestern like, uh, nice. Since the year nineteen. 
1848. How many times has Northwestern finished ranked? I'm going to guess four times. Okay, and how many of those were Pat Fitzgerald? I'm going to guess half. Yeah. So, I mean, by Northwestern standards, sure. Sure. He, he I... wins stuff. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's been to seven of your all-time, I'm not counting them, like 12 or 13 ball games. He's lost five of them. He's, he's the head coach at Northwestern. The <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get, I get that, but other, how... other schools, other schools, fly, other schools that we don't necessarily think of as significantly better or having access to more research, like they've had they, four they fire coaches ever. He's had two of them. Also had a niner, an Ryan, eight. Ryan, can I can I tell you the tale of the Galapagos iguana? <laughs> <laughs> The Galapagos iguana, famously described by Darwin as fearless in the uh, when confronted with humans. Okay, no obvious predators on land, and a weird affection for the rocky, inhospitable shores of the Galapagos Islands, an inhumane place, a place no animal should find comforting or cozy. Yet they clung to its shores, and Darwin thought when he saw them, ah. The trouble must lie in the water. So he picked one up and describes throwing it into the surf because English people in the 19th century were just dicks who went around throwing animals in the surf. And he threw it in and the iguana hit the water and turned around and immediately clambered fearfully and hastily back up the shore to where it stood and just kind of looked at Darwin like, what kind of a dick are you? <laughs> There's bad things in the water. That's the history of Northwestern football under Pat Fitzgerald. You could get rid of him, but do you know what's in the water? Bad things. A history of bad things. A genetic legacy of fear and being consumed and eaten and destroyed all over again. There's like 90 years of that, and that's all Northwestern knows. No, okay? I, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's in their blood. I mean, you've seen, you've seen how long fucking Denny Green got. Denny Green got five years at Northwestern and never won more than three games. Like, oh, just believe in yourself. North. That's all I want. Just believe that you can be anything other than maybe an eight-win team. The, hey, he, yeah. man, who, had, who has a 3,000-yard passer coming back, man? Fine. Nor Northwestern. Great. Right. Yeah, and when Fitzgerald screws that up, it's time to can his ass. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. I understand it's not going to happen, and I I admit that I'm just being inflammatory. But I'm just bored. I I don't feel like Northwestern football under Pat Fitzgerald well, has buddy, like room it's the to. The Big Ten West preview. <laughs> I know. Bored. I know. People still listening have to be bored. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Northwestern quarterback of oh, the last time? like? <laughs> 10 to 15 years. Is it, um, is it, is it Mike Kafka? Who was the one they did the, um, is it Trevor Simeon? The, who did is they it, do the Heisman, uh, campaign for? Uh, I believe was that Dan Persa. Dan Persa. That's the one. Yeah. The, the one that they took out like one billboard. Hold on. Dan. Persa right. LinkedIn. Yep. Dan Persa. They launched a, a, the Dan Persa's, Still not my favorite one, although I would say, by the way, they had dumbbells, right? 
dumbbells that they that were like custom Dan person dumbbells. And if you have one of those, I will drive to your house and get it. Um, don't don't bother. Those sending are, it those the are mail. great things to send people who vote on the Heisman, which are writers. Yeah, known known yes. as the people who lift a lot of heavy objects. I'll I'll so, go with Kane Coulter because he did the um the players union thing, and we got a lot of content out of that. Um, I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna trump all of you. I'm going with Brett Bazinet because his name was Brett Bazinet. Totally going with him. Dan Persa on his LinkedIn, he has um his top distinction. He's in um commercial real estate for a company called CBRE. His distinctions. Number one, 2015 CBR Rookie of the Year. Number two, Northwestern University quarterback 2007 to 2011. <laughs> so literally, it's better to have one good year of commercial real estate sales <laughs> than to be Northwestern's quarterback for like four fucking years. Yeah, you, you want to know what uh, you want to know what Brett Bazinet is doing now? Oh wait, I'm sorry. He also has at the bottom of this list <clears throat> preseason Heisman Trophy candidate. Everyone Same. is Both Same. I believe I believe Brett Bazinet is working as a distributor for knee, a company that produces uh, biomedical technology, including knee bearings, hip bearings, and reverse humeral bearings. Uh, hey, you guys, you, you guys will have jobs. That's lame. I am going to look at this schedule and I am going to say that yeah, yeah, this is this should actually be a good Northwestern team. They have is he maybe like the third second best quarterback coming back yeah so just, so just in, the, in, the, in the division now oh, in the division he's, he's probably the best quarterback coming back now yeah so yeah just, I think so. so just win the goddamn div- i mean look or else <laughs> i just i just want northwestern to be vaguely interesting that's it yeah don't make me watch illinois there <laughs> northwestern don't make me watch an illinois football game don't make that last one mean anything to anyone, okay? Win these games, and I'm gonna I'm put it on you here, okay? Northwestern, you're a nine and three football game football team right here. Nine you're and three. Also, you're also a nine and three football game. You're a nine. And, you're also a nine and three football game. <laughs> nine and three football game. Um, so you, I think you could go as high as ten. Uh, Wisconsin and Penn State on there. So I'd set the ceiling at ten. I'm gonna go more like eight. I mean, I still, that would still, on my board, I will still put him second in the division. Fire so, his ass! Yep, and sorry, sorry, that would doom Fitz. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen. I you know just, what, I got, uh, yeah, yeah, I got one one more thing, by the way. It's not even Northwestern related. We should end the podcast on this. We Did you know we have listeners in Guangzhou, China? No. No, we do, we do. We got, we got a couple of people couple of listeners in Guangzhou who I've been informed might actually make it to the end of the podcast because I am told I need something, anything to satisfy my sports Jones. For some reason, you came to us for that. You came to us for a Big Ten West preview podcast. Jesus that Christ. That lasted like 80 minutes. This is like methadone that turns out to just be baking soda.